2: Hello and welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. It is Black Friday and we're happy to be with you. We're going to be wheeling and dealing today, folks. If you have prospects that you're holding precious and tight in your little hand and you can't bear the thought of hearing them suggested being moved elsewhere, turn off the show because we're going to do it today, folks. You know who's going to help me? The same person that always helps me do crazy stuff like this. Jim Stam, how you doing, brother?
1: I'm good, man. Happy belated Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you ate too much. I did, and uh, yeah. So this is this is a nice relaxing day for me.
2: That's good, man. Good to hear. I was better than I normally am. I would say. And uh, they, they, we had a peach pie from Oakmont Bakery. Ooh, my goodness, dude! <laughs> it was this wasn't like pie filling.
1: This was yeah. like whole
2: real good peaches. I mean, it was so good.
1: We, 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 we wussed out and grabbed Marie Callender's Dutch apple crumble pie and pumpkin pie, but you know, uh, I mean, I, I played through it.
2: So let's introduce our guest. He's been on here in the past. He's done a couple call your shots back in the day when we were doing that. And now Jay Spinelli is going to join us here from out in the good old mountain States of Colorado. Right, sir. Yes, sir.
0: Happy Thanksgiving, guys.
2: So how are too, you doing and why did you decide to join this crazy, crazy train? Because I, I gave you an opportunity to be on the show. I didn't tell you. I was going to ask you to suggest trading players that you like. How do you feel about it?
0: Well, no, I, you, you kind of gave me a little heads up on the trade stuff. And <laughs> I think we had talked about that on your live uh, deal the other day, your live chat. Um, off and on with the technical difficulties as always. But um, Of course. No, it was, it was a good direction. I mean, you know, you got to fill the the off season with uh, little tidbits of, you know, entertainment like this. So, um, you know, are are we uh, talking in the real world? You know, when we're talking about the pirates, making some of these things happen. I don't know, but um, I don't know. It's fun to think about. Right. We'll see. I think one thing,
2: Jim, doing something like this, I think the first thing we need to start with is start talking about values. Right. Mm -hmm. Before we get into this too much, Let's talk a little bit about eh, some things that are going on in the market that kind of set the price for things. Let's talk a little bit about valuing players, okay? So when you talk about the Pirates' most valuable prospects, we have to consider everything. Prospects are even people that have made it to major leagues or you currently think are in major leagues. Right now, they're tradable assets is what we're thinking of, right? Yeah the most valuable player in this system by far, and you can check any sources you'd like on this sort of thing. There's lists of them (coughs) all over the place as far as placing trade value for players, all right? I I don't use any of them as gospel, but they're still pretty religiously reliable as far as, like, at least the structure of, of where things are. And if they're wrong with your players, they're just as wrong with everyone else's, so you at least get,
1: like... Are they close to the same? You're you're just trying to get a starting point. Exactly.
2: So, Paul Skeens, for instance, clocks in as number one, which is completely expectable. He he was the 1-1. He's the one that's got the ceiling that's so high nobody can even see it right now. He is by far and away the most valuable player in the system. Would you take one guess at who number two is?
1: Johnson. Is it Tamar?
2: No. In fact, Termar isn't anywhere near the top couple. (laughs) Jack Sawinski is number two. And by a wide measure, too. So, like, let's just use some basic numbers that I'm seeing here. And again, these are arbitrary numbers, but Paul Skeens clocks in at 73 million ish for surplus value as far as a trade goes. Jack Sawinski clocks in at 47.6. Took me aback. As that's much gonna, as people act like gonna, he's a fringe
1: player here. I was going to say, that's going to piss some people up right the hell off.
2: <laughs> number three is Andy Rodriguez. 38.7. Mitch Keller, right there with them, almost the exact same number. Then Brian Hayes, then Henry Davis, then Termar Johnson. I'm talking like just understanding who's valuable is not even easy. Would you have come I- up with that list
1: in that order? without anybody helping you understand no. what's valuable? I'll tell you, I'm a little surprised that Keller's not just a little higher. Like, yeah, yes so two that- years of
2: control left, but that ought to educate you as far as going after someone like Dylan Cease, who's exactly uh, the same pitcher, right? Yeah. So if, if Mitch I, Keller I have a, is a 38...
1: I, f- I have a feeling we're going to talk about Mr. Cease.
2: I think we might too. But I just want to kind of lay fine. a little bit of track just so we kind of understand what we're talking about. Everybody wants to send guys like Nick Gonzalez for perspective. Nick Gonzalez clocks in as a four on this value scale, 4 million surplus. Okay. And most of that is the years of control. Not that he's done anything, you know, and if you sign a guy to a really long contract and it's a bad contract and they underperform the contract, you could see them have negative values which also has a place in the market is you could actually maybe just eat money and steal that player who's still a good player, just playing way underwater for their contract. Right. Yeah. I mean, Jay, all that makes sense to you. Cause you think like
0: that, but it does. are you using the, what is it? The baseball trade values.com.
2: I'm using that and I'm using, Uh, MLB pipeline and I'm using another trade rumor site that I use. And I kind of, yeah, I hadn't,
0: I hadn't sorted it by, you know, best overall surplus for the pirates and that, you know, for that site specifically, it's not, um, Keller actually comes in as four. Um, but you're right. I mean, Swinsky's there at the top ND is number three. I mean, there's, there's some surprises there for sure. And you know the, the negative surplus. value, I don't. I don't quite understand that, to be honest with you. Um,
2: I think they're basically saying, okay, you make thirty million a year. We only think you're going to produce out of twenty right. no, million dollar a year level, so you're on negative. I yeah,
0: yeah, I understand that part of it, but when you're actually going to try and simulate these trades, it's it's almost unrealistic because you still got to give up somebody, you know, something for, you know, Jim uh, Carlos. Sure. You know, simulated <laughs> you know, so water with his, his
2: that said the exact scenario you're talking about is the trade. Neil Huntington pulled off with uh Liriano and Ramirez and uh, the mm-hmm. one catcher that I can't remember the name of. He shipped two assets with Liriano to get Toronto to pay for his contract. So that was moving a negative contract, basically padding it with assets. Right. But we gave them usable assets. In the process, right? So that's kind of how it came to be.
1: I appreciate you. Now you've distracted me. Maybe someone will comment about who the catcher was. Why can't I think of his name? That's gonna drive that's gonna drive me nuts now.
2: It doesn't matter. I can't remember his name either, right, right off the top of my Light head. Hitting. I'm sure that. somebody will hit us with it. Regardless, yeah. he never really panned out. He bounced around the league a little bit. I think he's still bouncing around the league. So, one more little thing I wanted to get out before we got into the break, because I think it's instructive, again, as to kind of what's going on in the market. Pirates need pitching badly, right? So, the White Sox obviously do as well. And they're talking about shipping out pitching. The White Sox trade left-handed pitcher Aaron Bummer. six seventy-nine ERA in 61 games last year. To the Braves... For Michael Soroka, Jared Schuster, a left-handed pitcher, that's two starters, instantaneously would be in our rotation, instantaneously will be in Chicago's rotation, instantaneously. A decent utility infielder, Nicky Lopez, Braden Shoemake, and then a minor leaguer, Riley Gowans, all for bummer. How did they do that? What are the Braves seeing? (laughs)
1: Yeah, <laughs> what are the Rams doing? That's like and when Bill Belichick calls you up, you know, from a few years ago, and is like, "Hey, what about this?" You're like, "Wait a second, that doesn't make Why didn't any we sense, see
0: that?
1: right?"
2: But if they got that for bummer, what are you going to get for a starter like Cease? You know, I mean, we talk about these values, and yeah, there that's a thing. If you plug this this trade that Atlanta just did with with Chicago into any of these things. And just to get a gauge again, you'll see that Atlanta overpaid by a country mile for that. (laughs) And it makes no sense. The only thing there is bummer is controllable and he's left-handed and some of the peripherals kind of line up there. I don't understand the trade, but if trades like that are out there, Uh, The Pirates ought to be on the phone Taking action on some of these things That's two starters Jim, wouldn't you feel a lot better if we had Michael Soroka and Jared Schuster In the fold right now
1: I'd feel better if we had one of them I mean, you know, so I mean, that's why we're having this conversation right now. Uh, Yeah, it's really hard to look at that one and think, okay, what what the hell is going on right now? A With that move and what it means for the the market in general right now,
2: it scares you for what could be coming, because if that's the market, then trades aren't going to work either. (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's a gross situation. Let's take a quick break. We come back. It's time to start actually proposing some trades. That's what we promised everybody. Real names, real scenarios. Let's have some fun. All right, we're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Gary and Jay and Jim with you, and we are going to start diving into trades. I'm going to let Jay start because, first of all, I talked a lot in that first segment, and he was kind enough to join us. Also, Jim wants everyone to know that his last name made us think of Spicoli. So, (laughs) Jay, what what do you got for us, man? Who are you? trade and where are you willing to deal them to?
0: Well, so when I was thinking about trades and, you know, what types of players get traded, um, I wasn't necessarily thinking about that recent Braves trade because that does kind of blow up everything I had in mind. But, you know, that's baseball for you. But really what I, I wanted to think about was, you know, why does a team trade a player? And you know, there could be three scenarios where I kind of broke that down. Um, one, we'll call that target you know, in honor of Black Friday. That's like, you know, the, maybe the team's just... The team and the player just aren't seeing eye-to-eye eye on their value, but there's no real contentious situation there. Um, could be like a Shane Bieber situation, who I'll talk about. Sure. Um, maybe they just... They extend him for a year, but there's no... They're not seeing eye-to-eye eye on what that long-term value is. So that's your target range. Um, if we're really going to dig into you know, super value, you know, low value trades or low value uh you know commodities. Maybe you're in the rooting around the Hills bargain bin. So um second level is Hills. And that's generally, you know, I, I got like, a couple I liked Hills. My mom, oh, everybody loves Hills.
1: My mom got all my husky jeans at Hills whenever I was going through my husky phase, Jay.
0: Well, let's get you a slushy and a pretzel, and uh, walk through.
2: <laughs> 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 so, what do you got? And then for? there's Nord- North-
0: What's that? What's the
2: last one? Walmart,
0: Nord- Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's. That's, okay. uh, that's your, Pete Alonso. Um, you know, them asking for our top trade. You know, Tamar or maybe Sewinski or you know somebody like so that. So,
2: ones that you would yell at your wife about.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. You. So, we're not going to talk about those. <laughs> because those are pipe dreams and none of us are shopping Nordstrom's for Christmas this year. Right. Right. Okay. <laughs> no. So let's walk into target here and, and, and go through a couple. So like I said, Bieber, you know, that was my first one just because fits in that. Okay. We targeting somebody that is, you know, being talked about in the, the Cy Young award, probably not, uh, you know, this guy's, Pushing high threes, low fours in the ERA. Only has one year control left. They've been talked about, you know, shopping him around. So, all right, let's let's throw out a couple names for that. I also like Josh Naylor. So, I'm just going to combine. I did a lot of just pitchers or pitcher and first base combos. I like Josh Naylor. Would really love to have him in a Pirates uniform. So, we're going to trade Shane Bieber or no, we're going to receive Shane Bieber and Josh Naylor and give up Quinn Priester and Anthony Salamato. Okay. Value-wise, it matches up. we am talking about, you know, the, the websites that we discussed, but is that realistic? I don't know.
2: The only thing I would push back on is giving up two pitchers that could help within a year or two, which is really close, sure. for a pitcher that's going to help for a year max.
0: So in this scenario, I also threw in we need to make sure there's a sign and trade in place. Okay. And now, have the Pirates ever done something like that? Not that I'm aware of. Not certainly not at this level. You're talking about a guy that's twelve million a year. You know, you're probably going to come up with a seventy to eighty million dollar deal for six seven years. So I, you know, probably more than that actually. So five years, we'll
1: call it. All right, Jim, any will, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I will say I do like I like the idea of kind of like packaging things. It's like sitting at the lunch table and you're gonna make a trade with one of your buddies for something, right? Hey, well, might as well look and see what else he's got. Let's see oh, if we can't her. let's see if we so can't get a couple of Cheetos and we can talk. Right. Let's let's get a couple things in here, and l- let's make this a bigger deal for everybody. Beaver worries me only because, like, of of the drop off that that he had, um, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but like, I worry about that. Was it his velocity that was way down? Um,
2: his velocity was down, and I think we saw that across the league for a lot of different players.
1: Yeah. So- Uh, But I like I like I like Mailer a lot. So uh, you know I can see why you would do that. Um, A lot of people are going to. I think you're going to hear the name Priester a lot because people are much more willing to part with him because of. I know I say that on the Pirates fan side, but I think you'll get pushback from people with the salt only because I mean people are really really you know high on him is far I mean the fan base
2: mm-hmm. I think we're gonna get pushed back on all of these because they've become names that we've been watching and waiting for and and now they're here it's you know we're right on the doorstep it's a really painful time to let them go it's a really painful time to think about moving some of them on. Mm-hmm. Bieber in particular has some question marks. I don't know that I would package him in to give him any extra value. I don't think the Guardians would ever let go of Nailer, not yet. Too many years of control left for what he provides that team, and he plays with his brother. I think that's going to be a deal breaker for both of them. I just don't see that happening. That said, dreams are meant to be lived, man. (laughs) I like like the player, too, so I get it. Uh, Bieber, on the other hand... I'd love to have the pitcher. I don't think that I could afford to give up anything close to the league for him because I don't think I'm going to get that re-sign. I'm not even 100% sure I want it. Mm. So I think I'd probably look at him more as a one-year signing, which means I'm giving up like a mid-tier prospect, and I don't think that gets it done. But okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's me personally. You could actually – I would amend your deal. I would just go after Bieber – and I would offer them somebody that I think is a little further away that might entice them, like Bubba Chandler. Because I think you get somebody like that into their system, they know what they're doing with pitching, all of his peripherals are there, his value is where you'd want it to be. You probably get that, that kind of a deal done. That said, does it hurt your product in two, three years? Very likely. You know, if if he if he continues to progress the way he has, which no guarantee. But
1: yeah, I think that's the thing, too, with like, as we talk about this, because pirate fans are always looking at prospects as the hope, right? That's, that's, that's our hope of ever being good. So then to turn around and move any of them is so counterintuitive to kind of what we've been trained to think. I mean, so, that's kind of
2: what I always tell people is they're still helping you. They're helping you by bringing in something that can help you right now. Yeah. Think of it more as playing a timeline game. Like when you trade somebody, if you put your mindset at, I really hope that that this trade helps Cleveland as much as it helps us. When you really put that kind of hat on, you will find yourself making more fair trades to begin with. Because you're not trying to give them something, sneak something bad at them that they might be able to turn around in the process of getting somebody that you can actually use right now. You're thinking more along the lines of, hey, I know this is going to help you. I expect this to be a good player. <laughs> like, But yeah. I know this is, and I need it right now. I don't need it in 2024, 2025. It-
1: let me put it this way. If you are the guy in Fantasy Football League that wants to screw over everybody in the league when you make a trade and you offer, you know, four pieces of garbage for somebody's wide receiver number two, this this probably isn't the show for you. Um, uh, so, you know, um, tread lightly, uh, tread, tread realistically. Uh, yes, we're going to go through some scenarios here, but Don't be don't be stupid about it either.
2: All right. Can I try one? Yeah, go. Sure. All right. Here's my favorite, I think. Braxton Garrett from Miami. And folks, it's very possible they'll deal him. He is one of those guys that they're dangling. Garrett's pre-arbitration qualified for Super Two, so he has four years of arbitration after this year, which is still pre-arb. I mean, you get this guy for five years. He'd be expensive. And I mean to tell you, the Pirates would have to send potentially Dowry Moretta, Bubba Chandler, and leever Poguero to get him. And Braxton would walk right in, directly compete with Mitchell for the number one spot in the rotation. He's left-handed. He's already a proven performer, and you get him for five freaking years. I don't know how else to say that. Yeah, I'll take the loss on players.
1: Dude, it, with him is because I'm not super familiar with like what they're thinking. Is there a reason they're looking to move him? They do they have a surplus of pitching that they can? Oh yeah, they, they can afford that. <laughs> they have a surplus of pitching. Yes. They have
2: six strong right now in their rotation with Max Meyer and Sixto Sanchez coming off the I.L. from Tommy John. Hmm. So, yes, they have plenty of pitching, and they are actively I, shopping
1: it. Gary, I'm a Pirates fan. I can't possibly understand that scenario, so I, I wasn't <laughs> familiar with it.
2: I'm just saying, this is a really solid pitcher, if you can get him. Um, I don't know what else to say, Braxton Garrett. To me, if he's somebody they're willing to, to part with, oh yeah, all day and all night. I'm all, I'm all over that one.
1: What Definitely. do you think? Go ahead, Jay. It's all you, Jay.
0: All right, uh, on that one specifically, absolutely. Um, I mean, fifty-two surplus is what I'm reading on uh, on Braxton. And you're going to have to come to the table with quite a bit. Now, you know, can we dig into, uh, you know, the, lat- the teens and 20s as far as our prospect lists and throw three, four at them? You know, that, that's kind of where I'd be at, maybe pairing it with uh, a Bubba Chandler. Um, but, man, I mean, what a luxury that, that they have to, to give this guy off. I guess the only thing I'm seeing is maybe he had a little bit of a tail off on his strikeouts per nine. Is in the eights now as opposed to being up in the nines and tens, but right. Man, a left-handed pitcher, you kind of look past some of that.
2: Stuff. I'm just shocked um, at the value that a guy like Dowry Moretta brings back. I don't feel like I don't feel like he performed like somebody that, that could potentially be worth about 10 million in surplus, but he is. So Harry, did you watch the him twenty
0: and eight Pittsburgh Pirates? He was lights out.
2: Yes, I did. I watched the rest of it, too. I just... Uh, <laughs> I, I think he's a guy that I, that I think you might see get tossed in on things sometimes, and uh, Dave White here has a little bit of a response to my proposal here. He'd go after Trevor Rogers from the Marlins. I think he's due for a rebound. I think he is too, but reports are that the Marlins do not have him as one of the ones they're talking about wanting to move on from. Yeah. Braxton Garrett is. So that's why I chose him, and uh, yeah. But I like Rogers as well. So good call there, Dan. Jim, your turn, brother.
1: Yeah. Well, look. Let's let's just go obvious. I know his name has been brought up, uh, Gary. You specifically. I I know you threw his name out recently, and I am totally on board. And I say this knowing full well that there's a there's a risk here. But let's let's just talk about Alec Manoa, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you you've got to take some you've got to take some swings here, and the the upside is is too great. Now this is assuming because there's some injury stuff that's out there that maybe he was battling that, and obviously uh, things went totally totally south with him and the Blue Jays. <laughs> But I just look at it like, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: if he even can come close to his form of yeah. a couple years ago, close to it, he doesn't have to even return to what that he was. Yeah, the year, you know, the year he was a Cy Young candidate. The, you have to explore that. The Pirates need they a they need pitching, and they still need impact pitching. It can't just be back-end starter types. So I I look at that, and this is, this is the route I would go. I would explore something along the lines of a Nick Gonzalez for an Alec Manoa. And if not Nick, I would certainly go and see if they would be willing to entertain Quinn Priester. So those are the two names that I can come up with where I think – you might be getting you might be offering enough to get them interested.
2: Yeah, I, I don't hate that again. I I'm personally trying to avoid the pitchers that I feel are close to the league because I think they're gonna need to dip into them even if they acquire pitching. So I don't like getting into the Priester area. Not so much because I think he's gonna be a superstar or I've hundred percent bought into him. And I get wanting to move them because the value is up in the 10 million range. So, you, you know, you, you pad him into a package, you feel like you can get something back in return. I guess for me, I just kind of would lean a decade down if I wanted to, as far as pitching like to, I guess it's still going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt right now. It's going to hurt in a couple of years, maybe, you know? Sure. So I guess I'd go into like, the knows. Hunter Barco range, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the only reason I, I, I tried to steer away and, and, and think maybe Gonzalez, but I don't know where they line up organizationally, like with their their needs, and I don't know if Nick Gonzalez his his stock was really hurt last year, or if teams still see him as something that 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 he he's willing, he's worth exploring.
2: His stock was damaged as soon as he didn't debut in 2021 or 2022. I think if he had debuted like at the end of 2022, which is considered on schedule for how advanced he was supposedly when they was drafted out of college, I think, you know, you're probably looking at a different situation, but he had injuries and whatnot. We make all these excuses to ourselves when we're talking about like why he's not a bust yet. Right. Oh, he had all these injuries. Oh, he busted up his foot, he couldn't play for all this time. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he was hitting here and it wasn't right. I I think all in all, you want a player like that, a number one pick. You want them to just kind of force their way there and get through all the BS at some point. You know, that's what you need to see. I think in many ways it's what we're looking for, Kenny Pickett. You know, oh Canada, blah, blah, blah. Well, at some point you want him to push through the BS too. You know, you want him to be like, you know what, F it. Just rear back and throw one. Well, same kind of thing with Nick. You're waiting for Nick to do something that that kind of shows there's a little special there as opposed to just kind of doing what he's told, listening to the Pirates, incrementally improving at the things they tell him to incrementally improve at. This off season could be huge for him. And, and he could come back a completely different player next year. But until then, again, yeah, Jim. That surplus in that middle infield, you've got to at least think about it. That's why I suggested Piguero. It's why you go to Nick Gonzalez. I've got Nick Gonzalez suggested here in my next one for Emerson Hancock of Seattle, you know, because there's another guy, another pitcher that had failure to launch. And so what am I doing? Offering a failure to launch, a change of scenery situation. It's almost prospect to prospect. They've both got some MLD. MLB debuts. They both got a ton of control. The values are similar. Slip swap. They need hitting. Cool. We need pitching.
1: Yeah. It, this, obviously, let me ask you are, are both of you totally on board with exploring Manoa? or one of you out on him?
2: 100%.
1: 100%. Yeah. No, I mean,
0: uh, I read up on him quite a bit, and it sounds like the Blue Jays are still leaving that just slot open for him to prove himself to come back. It was also a dream scenario, though, where you hear Pirates have signed Manoa to a minor league deal. Um, you know, that's the kind of guy that you wish Ray Searage was still here. And, you know, you might throw a little bit more at, at them to, to land them just because you think he can rehab them. So, you know, I it's – uh, I, I think pretty Go ahead. I was just going to say I did put together a trade on the the, the simulator for that one as well. There's a lot of, you know, I think he's at a, like an 11 surplus and I had to throw in, I think I did Malcolm Nunez, Lonnie White, Sean Sullivan. I mean, it was a, it was kind of a bigger package than that you probably realistically would do. But those are some names that I'd throw in, out there and maybe you'd have to pair it with a Nick Gonzalez. But I think they still see a lot of value in them. So I don't know that even a, a flip of Nick Gonzalez gets it done.
1: Yeah, that, right. that's that's the thing too. Is like, I'm quite sure the Blue Jays aren't going to sit there and say, "Yeah, he sucks. He's done." You know, like they probably sure. st- still want a little extra, simply because. And yeah. you'd have you'd have to be willing to go there on them. So yeah, it's a gamble, but I think, you know, y- y- you're not going to get where the Pirates want to go by not taken a couple swings on some of these kind of guys you got to get yeah. lucky you, you got you gotta have some luck in this and you can tell yeah from a lot of my, would be
0: watching.
2: you can tell from a lot of my trade proposals that I'm trying to flip the, the timeline a little on? bit I'm always going for control and like years of control I'm trying to move that that bucket down the line but I'm also trying to get guys that have already tasted MLB and tasted MLB success it's such a hard little sweet spot to try to hit because that costs a lot of money. A little bit of success in MLB changes the perception of a player. Like you wouldn't believe. And then all of a sudden that control, it kind of looks like a useless burden when you're first talking about them. And they're in the beginning stages of struggling like Nick Gonzalez. Well, let's say he comes out in, in, you know, the first couple months of this year and he hits 10 home runs and, You know 250 ish and he's playing really good second base and the pirates are giving him a lot of opportunity all of a sudden that trade value that's sitting at four right now they're gonna go whoa Now he's got all these years of control and look what he's doing already and now they'll blow that up and that number will become 20 25 right
1: yeah none of it's none of it's static you know like it does yeah yeah. It's crazy. We should
2: probably take another break. We come back. Let's talk a little bit more about some other trade proposals. I have some more, at least, Jim. I hope you do, too. I do. Sweet. We're back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you like it, make sure you rate us. And if you found this show somehow, some circuitous way that you came upon it and stumbled upon it, make sure you tell your friends about it. If you like it, they might like it too. And maybe they just haven't found it either. So make sure they do. Let's start with what Dave White says, because I knew it was going to come up as soon as we started talking about this. Just need to be careful and not make another Chris Archer type
0: deal. I've said this for the years trade now, that shall baby. not be named.
2: I've said this for years now, though. That trade, that Chris Archer trade, the most damaging thing it did to this franchise was scare this owner from doing something that he absolutely has to entertain. You have to trade prospects in this business to get anywhere especially if you don't have money to spend on the free agent market and not enough money anyway. So you got to do the right things. And Ryan Lytle brings up the Aramis Ramirez deal. The Aramis Ramirez deal had absolutely nothing to do with trying to better the team. It was a team that couldn't afford their bills. And the only way they could afford their bills was to trade Aramis Ramirez to a team that openly bent them over a kitchen table and took care of business. (laughs) that's what happened
1: yeah no, it, it, it look, look it was awful but that's a totally different circumstance than yeah. what we're talking about right now right the archer the archer trade has left not only the pirates maybe mr. Nutting and general gunshy but fans as well
2: right all right Jim what do you got here you got your turn again
1: um let's go let's go big fish here just for a second <laughs> right? oh, yeah. let's first of all let me say this I keep hearing and reading things about maybe trying to go and see about Vlad Guerrero right I just guys so I just difference. I just don't look I, I he'd be great to have and yeah, yeah, he's what twenty four, and and hasn't reached a long term deal with the Blue Jays. I, I, you, you're gonna have to. The reason he hasn't is reached a long term deal is because you're gonna have to pay him, and he is looking at like, I, I think you're sitting in the ten year range with him, maybe twelve years. And you're talking three, four hundred million dollars for him. So can let's Literally. let's just let's just go past that. It's it, it it cannot it cannot happen for the Pirates.
2: I also think there's some concerns about him long term, and the bigger yes. boys don't necessarily want to pay the money. They're already starting to see regression in a 24 year old, which shouldn't yes. happen.
1: He's had uh, a couple years where things have, uh, look, he's still a good player, uh, but not to where it's going to be a big team that's going to say, you know what? We'll eat it like we've done before if it doesn't work out. That ain't going to be the Pirates. So anyways, let me just get that part out of there. But let's talk about a team that the Pirates really seem to match up with. Okay. And so that's the Chicago White Sox. And the White Sox are in some kind of a transition. It doesn't sound like they want to go full teardown, but I think they are willing to at least listen on a lot of guys. So I'm going to go with Luis Robert because I just, I just look at him and I think, oh, what a, you know what a player. Yep. Essentially, I think they've got four years left on him from a control standpoint. Um, I know it's not, what is it, two years left on arbitration and then do they have two years? They
2: signed him to an extension, man. So he's playing off an extension already. Okay. So. I'll look it up right now while you're talking.
1: I thought it was two years left in arbitration. I'll look it up while you're talking. So just move on with your trade. All right. So this is where I'm at. I would go Luis Robert. And I would offer Tamar Johnson, and I would offer probably Bubba Chandler, and I hate to do this, but I'm probably offering... All right, I'm just going to say it. I'm looking at somebody like... Dude, say Paul, it. Paul Ameadow. All right. All well, right. Again, that's a, a lot of... Like, that's a deal.
2: It's a lot of pitching near the near making it here. No pitching coming back. The biggest problem they have is pitching. That's what scares me about it. I understand I the star swing. I really do. But you better hope this team scores eight eight, ten runs a game. I know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if Robert does that on his own. You know, um I love the I love the the thought. I think I'd probably if I'm gonna be talking about a giant package that it would already take to get him, screw it. Throw Cease into it and give them two more or something. You know, I package those I, two together and make it happen.
1: Yeah, Cease was somebody that like I initially started off being super hot for, but I think you got two years left on him. And as soon as I read that his agent is Boris, I was like, "Well, oh, I I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm out because he'll ne- he 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 will take him to free agency. So like any any chance I see of them like hopefully trying to work something out with a pitcher like that." I just think that like that part leaves the room immediately. And so then what am I left with two years? I guess
2: that's maybe why I'm looking for guys that have three, four years left of control for the most part. It's why most of my proposals are along that line. Yeah. I don't want to care about their age. And if like the white Sox, for instance, have already gone through the trouble of locking up Luis Robert for a couple of years. Right. Cause we have, them, we would have them through, 2025 and then he has two club options one for 2026 one for 2027 each of those are 20 million
1: that's what it was it was the club options
2: yeah yeah so not the end of the world and you get Luis robert for what let's see one two three four more years and you can trade him obviously if you'd like to somewhere in there so it's worth a high spend but they got to get pitching too. So that's, and that scares me because that was a lot of pitching you moved out. I think, let's see, K1993D here. Way too much pitching, so no chance. Um, I'm sure that that name is verifiable someplace as an expert on, on these trades. So like, we'll, we'll look that up. But it seems to me like I want to avoid pitching going out this close to the league a lot more than you. That was much less important to you than it is to me.
1: Well, yeah, and obviously, too, like what I was trying to find is like another hitter to pair with that, maybe to to, to counterbalance that. I just don't know what that name would be to make that happen.
2: Well, they maybe. got holes all over the place, and they need youth. So, I mean, you could think about tossing a guy like Shei Chang at them. You know, he's top ten prospect, shortstop. They could probably work with that. They're, you know, they're moving on from Tim Anderson, and they've got polls all over the place on their team where you could fill in. Um, I'm just saying, I think there there would have to be a little more coming back for me in that, or at least a little less pitching going out. I'd have to yeah. work it out. Sure. Like they, I, I guess I might even start with like Termar there because. I'm getting a dynamic bat, so I'm okay moving a, dyna- a potentially dynamic bat.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And Tur- I can give yeah. one of them pitchers, but I can't give them like two. And if I didn't give them a second, it would be one that's like – That's down you know, further. Like Shim or
1: – Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah like so- somebody that's down a little bit further and a little bit further away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, I said I was going, I was going for it.
0: Dude, I love it. I love it for real. Take swings, man. I love Jay. the name. I love the name. <laughs> I would. I would absolutely try to package something to get him, But what about? Not that you're giving up on him. I mean, obviously, somebody sees a lot of value in Jack Sawinski. I mean, you're upgrading your outfield there. Um, why not start with him? Package him with, uh, you know, maybe more the Bubba Chandler name as opposed to Salameto and. Or, I mean, I you know, go to go back to Quinn Priester. I love putting his name out there just in general, just to see what's his value on the market. I mean, are, do teams look at a pitcher like him and see all the success he's had in Triple A and think, well, you know, we can do something with that? Um, he's obviously close, you know, and he's been yeah. in the majors. Uh, I do love targeting a big name all-star center fielder, though. I mean, that's that's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I could do that all day.
1: Okay, so what? If, what if you roll through saying like, do do do, do either of you like the uh, throw in the possibility of a Henry Davis anywhere?
2: Yes, I will, and I have one later that I'm that I'm going to okay. throw in. All right, all right. Let me Go read ahead. another one here that's kind of tangent. Um, this is from my guys at Inside the Bucks Basement. Wrote this, uh, Justin and and Joe Boyd. They they always write up these trade. Proposals, and you were kind of walking around the White Sox a little bit, and they've got a few, a few options here that I think are pretty interesting. Um, I wanted to just float them in There's front of your nose names, right? and see what you think. Luis Robert is one that they actually proposed. Okay, go get Luis Robert. The White Sox would get from us Termar Johnson, Quinn Priester, Bubba Chandler is is the way they went. So very similar to what you said. You know, top end pitching big prospect i do think that that lines up from a value standpoint but and i mean the white Sox might not be dumb to do something like that after what they just pulled with atlanta you know yeah another one that they proposed was eloy jimenez which he, you know he's a, another outfielder lower cost uh, much lower cost they talked about trading uh, Xander Muth, which is like a really low-level pitcher for the Pirates. Uh, Mitch Jeb, again, draft pick just last year for, for Eloy Jimenez. That can get you a nice bat in the outfield relatively cheap, right? I like that move.
0: Eloy. Nope. Sorry. No, go ahead, Jay. I was just going to say another name I'd throw in there is Andrew Vaughn. First base. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years of control. You know, I think the pirates have been rumored to be in on him at you know trade deadline, whatnot. Um, and I don't, don't think he'd cost a ton, but he also is coming off a career year, so you know I'll take that yeah. for what it's worth. You yeah. probably have I'm not hundred percent
2: sure what they'll do with the him. Yeah.
0: What's really think of him as like kind of a solo trade, like Nick Gonzalez and Malcolm Nunez for Andrew Vaughn.
1: I don't know. What what's really interesting about the White Sox is what not only the the transition period they're in, but they're also in need of catching and second base from what I've seen and ro- what I've read. And right. I'm like, well, that's why, you know, when you start talking about, ma- you know, matching things, there's some things that we could work with there.
2: Yeah, you could match up really well with them. Like, I would think uh, Dylan Cease... Sees- I'd start with probably one of Henry Davis or Termar Johnson. I think one of them would probably make it happen. And you'd have to throw in one of those pitchers. I would think you're looking at like uh, a Solomon or a Braxton Ashcraft or, you know, Jones.
1: Yeah, Jones is
2: another one, right?
1: As long as you're as long as you're okay with um, two years of cease and um, he's affordable, I think it's only going to run you about twenty million over those two years to do it. Um, as long as, and I'm fine with that. Actually, like it's just that's probably what you're ending you're going to end up doing to 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 get him.
2: I just don't know what picture you're going to try to paint. That they would ever turn around and sign any of these guys that we think matter that are coming in here.
1: They're Probably not. not. Probably. They're, I not. mean,
2: they're not. If well, it's a it's picture two- that we're getting that I think matters. Okay, but they're immediately two- somebody I don't think they can go out and sign. Yeah, and that's two- the only it- reason it- I would go this route. Otherwise, I'd say go to the market and get what you want
1: for two. I just years. wish yeah. it wasn't the two years. That's the only thing.
2: I, I think. The two years is the blessing. If it was one, I'm not talking about it. Just like Bieber, to be honest. You heard, you saw me plug my nose about Bieber earlier. Well, it's the one year. That's why I just, the one year is nothing. Two years. Okay. Well, that's two years of a pitcher. I know if he's healthy is going to give me really, really good results for two years as opposed to a plethora of guys that I think might. And that's the whole point. Is it the it suck that he'll be right back out the door in two years? Yeah, it does. I mean, they can make a qualifying offer and get a draft pick like a normal team. That's what they should <laughs> do.
1: Well, but, normal. We don't live in normal, Gary.
2: I got another I weird one for
1: you. Are...
2: I got another weird one for you because not all of them are going to be top line. All right. Here's another suggestion. I think with Detroit. Hmm. I go with Bo Brisky. He is a, he's a left-handed reliever. Okay. Um, he did start in 2022 and then they moved him to the pen in 2023. He's got really good stuff, posted decent numbers, still in pre-arbitration. So the Pirates would hold his rights for four or five years. And even if he doesn't last in the rotation, because I would suggest moving him back to the rotation and prep and, and stretching him out, this would be my, attempt to rec- reclaim somebody. Okay, this would be my Vince Velasquez swing. Um, either way, I feel like he's a good pickup because last year in 25 games, he, he put up a 360 ERA in the bullpen. When he's healthy, he can contribute. Um, I like him, and I, I don't think it would take more than like a Yordane De Los
1: Santos to get him. Okay. Even if I, I would even say this, like it's funny. I would certainly entertain even strengthening the bullpen even further, even if that's all it did. Simply because mm-hmm. if you can't find the starting pitching because it's too expensive, and clearly we're gonna we we're starting to see that, um, and you yes. can't find the trade partners, well go go where you can strengthen things. And if right. that's how you have to do it, Gary, I, I'd be all on board with that. I should have done more of thinking about that when we started this exercise.
2: Jay, do you got another one?
1: Got yeah, it.
0: I didn't, I didn't look at any of the but um, <laughs> I was kind of piggybacking on, no, I got more. I, I got plenty of uh, options here. You had kind of gone down the path of the Mariners, and they pretty much went out and put up Hancock, Brian Wu, uh Bryce Miller all on the on the block just because they're so deep at starting pitchers. So I mean I went big on, on that one. I won all three. <laughs> oh wow and I'm gonna give up I'm gonna give up Salimento, Harrington, G Bay, and Dari Moretta. Is that gonna work? Okay. I don't know, but I, I'm swinging big on that one.
1: What if that got, what if that only got you two?
0: I'd be, as long as Hancock was one of them, I'd be open to it. You know, he was at once, I, what, their fourth, top, you know, top five prospect. Um, Back in the day when
2: we were trying to trade Adam Frazier, I wanted Hancock pretty bad. You know, um, it's just he he certainly hasn't panned out. So that's a, that is a reclamation project. I have him as, as a target as well, but I don't have him as a guy that I expect to just step right in.
1: Yeah, that's that. That might be the biggest issue with him. Is yeah. like you, when you're looking for that like immediate, immediate stabilizer. Yeah, yeah. I so. like your
2: spot though. I wonder if they would ever give up all three of those. Really though.
1: Yeah, like, realistically, for
2: instance, they're all on the block. But I think maybe it's more like I bet the pirates, for instance, have Ortiz, um Contreras, Priester, and. Right. All on the block, technically, right? And,
1: and and you and you point to them and say, pick one or yeah. Pick- but
2: you would never move all <laughs>
1: yeah. of them, right? So yeah, I got one no, more. I was, to, I was willing to look at it, like okay, maybe we can
0: mix and match here. But you know, throwing out some names, No, I, do I don't hate up. that. But I was actually, about. I was actually looking, and I dug into their prospects pretty deep. they they got a lot of you know, triple uh, single A A plus sort of you know folks in their top 10 so you know maybe throwing them some guys that match up with that timeline and harrington and, um you know at least one guy and then you know a couple major leaguers that maybe aren't going to produce a whole lot of value for us now Moreno, i wonder if you can like
2: convince them to add in a bat to um to come back from like did you say Ty france
0: is that what you just said?
2: Well, that's what that's where I was going actually, because I know Ty <laughs> France is coming up on on a decision with yeah. them, and if you can get him included somehow, I think then you're kind of moving somewhere because you're addressing a couple concerns with with the same sets of players. So I kind of like that idea a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle's a, a decent trade partner too. So is Chicago. I think there's a lot that could be worked out there. Miami, I yeah, think, I think it makes could- a lot of sense too.
1: Miami you makes know.
2: a lot of sense just because they have so much pitching.
1: Yeah. And Gary, you mentioned something about Henry Davis. Is do you want to? Did you already start on that, or is there somebody you were had had very specifically for him?
2: I already talked about bringing him for Dylan Cease. I think because uh, they okay. need they need a catcher, but I was going to bring him up again here in another deal. So.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's. I was. I was hoping that that wasn't it. I was curious to know what it is.
2: Well, how about another parlay with the Marlins, then? Okay. Um, Returning from Tommy John this year, uh, in fact, he pitched in September for their double A team last year, so he's probably having a pretty normal offseason. Sixto Sanchez. Um, You remember, he was awesome, right? (laughs) Uh, It's been a while, and Miami has just done nothing but build their pitching since he went down to the point where they just flat out don't need him. I don't even see a way he could crack their starting rotation right now. They would probably shove him right in the bullpen if he made the major league team. And I still think he would be probably the Pirates' number two or three pitcher to start the season. I think you could get this done pretty cheap, if only because there's no way to value a guy coming back from Tommy John. You just don't know what's going to happen with him 100%. I'd start with uh, Henry Davis, Leo Verpigero, Shei-Sheng-Shang, guys like that. One. And I'd build on slowly if I had to. But I would be approaching them and starting to talk about those fringe guys that are coming back. Because that is a team that, I'll be honest, I think they have six starters and three of them could probably start on any team in the league. That's crazy good. You got to go and snap some of the fringes from a team that thinks
1: like that. I'm trying to see where, when he had that surgery. Um, 20, late, late 20, maybe.
0: Yeah. Is that what it was? It was, let's see.
2: Yes, it was late 20. It was yeah, late I'm in mid, the COVID
0: uh, year.
1: 20. Yeah.
2: So he has yeah. taken his sweet time.
1: But yeah. He's, he's but, but. Back. But now is when you start to see pitchers fully, fully, you know, like that that starts becoming more and more in the rear view mirror. And you can really start seeing he's only 25. Yeah. Um, And sometimes, you know, (laughs) wouldn't it be interesting if teams started looking at it as a benefit and maybe they do in a way where they're like, Oh, he's already got his Tommy John out of the way. (laughs) It's kind of like like
2: a savings account for pitching. You know, like you, yeah, you, somebody goes on Tommy John and they just end up in a bank, but like, I mean, 6 is pre-ARP,
1: yeah. Start, period. yeah, it'd be like, great if period. You're, call, you're calling teams up saying, Has he had Tommy John surgery yet? and they're like, No, he hasn't, we should be good. And you're like, Not interested, Bye. right? Because you want it the other way around now, so. So that's my swing. And you can tell I kind of
2: took uh, a very pitching heavy approach. I went after pitching for the most part. I think that's what I would prefer they go and do on the market. I think mostly everything else they can fill in free agency if they need to without too much trouble. Um I'd suggest trading some of those second basemen that are overflow. You're not really sure what to do with them. I think now protecting Chasing Chang really should tell you something about what they might do with Leovar Pugero, Nick Gonzalez. Keep hearing me bring up their names. I'm bringing up their names because I think they got the backing.
1: Yeah. Pugero yeah. is really interesting because I I like I like a lot about him, but I'm also concerned about some things. So yeah. I just like you know, um, this year for him coming up would be so pivotal and it's either he takes that next little step he can work on his on-base percentage he can work on you know w- what he can hit consistently but but it wouldn't take much for him to start going right back to the pack with some of these other guys Absolutely. in the middle in the middle infield that like now all of a sudden we can't count on them so he's such a to me he's so hard so hard to project
2: i will say like if if you're somebody that really, really does feel that Jack Sawinski is just never going to get it. Like, he's never going to take that next step. He's never going to stop striking out. He's never going to hit lefties the way you want. Um, the home runs are a mirage. You know, he's going to top out at 30. That's all. And that's best case scenario and, and everything else you got to deal with. Oh, and he's not a good defender either. Well, the market disagrees. The value on that kid is crazy. So if you really and truly think that he's that bad, you should be all in on trying to trade Jack Swensky for a starting pitcher because somebody will give it. That's how valuable that kid is, really.
1: Yeah. And, well, somebody uh, somebody else brought up the whole point of back to the White Sox. Is he's a Chicago boy. So yeah. maybe there would be something there with it too, you know. Um, you never I know.
2: wouldn't do it. I mean, I think Jack Sewinsky's good. I'm just saying if you're one of those people that's, constantly riding how bad he is or making up some kind of weird scenario that everyone likes him because he's white or something. (laughs) I hear
3: hear this nonsense
2: online all the time, but like if that's why you you trade him then.
1: We still have people that want to DFA him. It's like, uh, what, what are we, what are we doing here?
2: I usually tell them to just quit watching. (laughs) <laughs> but another another interesting candidate that we didn't really bring up as far as we talked about pitching or guys we could send out. and This is probably how we'll end. It's just a few guys that we probably should consider touchable. I think uh, I only have two that I for sure wouldn't touch, and that's, I mean, prospect-wise. I should probably clarify that. Paul Skeen's. Is, is one I just, I'm sorry. Nope. The potential is too great. The value is crazy, but I just don't think you're ever going to get that value really in return. I just don't. I don't think anybody's ever going to give you that at this point.
1: It's right.
2: too sky high right now. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't move a lot of guys that are already on the roster. Mitch Keller is an absolute nope. I know he only has two years of control, but this isn't 2020. This is 2024. You need him now. Different time. And um, Henry Davis is a guy I think you have to consider. Doesn't have a position yet, whether it's his fault or not. Uh, I don't know where he slots. We don't 100% know if the bat's going to play. There's a lot of, uh, of ifs with him, yet the value remains really high, and you might be able to get something that doesn't have as many ifs that helps you right this second. Just saying, yeah. Andy's value is even higher, and and you, if you want to know why, it's because the market don't lie. The market doesn't lie. Andy Rodriguez is more valuable because Andy Rodriguez has proven more
1: in the league. <clears throat> He's proven yeah. that
2: he can play defense.
1: My thing about Henry is at this point is like I'd hate to, I'd hate to sell low on him, you know, and. Um, I almost feel like the Pirates have done a little bit of that to themselves with him. And so, you know, I I, I certainly would entertain it. But I also feel like, man, you get this far into it with a guy. You've done him really no favors. I I just I I hesitate slightly, although I although I would certainly consider it. He's not he's not untouchable to me at all. Right.
2: And I don't want to keep pushing him out the door. But when you see a reliever that you traded like somebody like Kevin Newman for, like Dowry Moretta come in and rack up a value of, of like $10 million. That's a guy that's going to get traded, folks. I mean, like that's a guy that people are going to want. And you did your job. You turned, you turned wool into gold thread.
0: You got, you traded
2: Kevin Newman for something that you can actually move now. Win, so I guess don't get upset when money gets traded if that happens. I'm just saying, like it's a guy that's got crazy value, and the likelihood of him holding that value is slim to none.
1: Yeah, all it takes is
2: half a bad season, or
1: right. I'll I'll end on this note. I look at Termar Johnson as somebody that I would really, really explore moving. He's 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 still a baby. He's still 19. I just think that, you know, there's, there's, if the right deal comes along, I would move, I would move him.
2: I'd have a hard time doing it, but yeah, I agree. I just see a lot of power potential
0: there. Yeah, I agree. You have to be in the Pete Alonzo conversation and the money probably negates that anyway, but
2: yeah. And the um, Pete Alonzo conversation to me, never exists for the same reasons I said earlier, Jim. We ain't re-signing him. Yeah. We're not even going to entertain re-signing him. So it does absolutely nothing to me to move a bunch of prospects for him. Especially, I don't think he's that good. honest, the home runs are really great and everything, but like, I don't think he's a especially great fielder. I don't think he's a very good anything else besides the home run.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: I just I wouldn't want him here I, like for a very long time. I don't even think he's a good locker room guy, to be honest with you. But that's just my opinion on him. As far as Termar goes, though, yeah, he'd have to be somebody big. You'd have to be talking about he's what gets one of those deals done with Miami for one of those long-term pitcher problem, uh, situations. Or he he's somebody that you send along to, to sweeten the deal on something that he had no business getting from San Diego, like Joe Musgrove. You know? Because mm-hmm. um, Joe Musgrove ain't going to come easy off that roster. He's one of the few things they're paying appropriately. So you're going to have to get one from
0: San Diego uh, Padres. We didn't bring his name up, and his name's been all over. and Tied to the Pirates. Cronenworth. What a mess of a, a deal he's got, but could you who, get San Diego to pay a chunk of that?
2: Who tied him to the Pirates, though, and why? <laughs> well,
0: I'm not calling out any bloggers specifically, <laughs> but uh, let's just say he's probably not in your top five friendly accounts. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, he I might have, be on. A, he might be a top five on another uh, type of award show. But, I certainly hope you know. so. You
0: know what? Something like I'll send it to you. It could be uh, you know, his crowning achievement to, to get on that list. Yeah. I'm not moving on
2: Cronenworth personally. Um, I I think he's okay. I also just think like he's been underwhelming ever since they they extended him there. So oh, yeah, yeah, train record last year. I'll,
1: I mean, I'll yeah. tell you yeah, I'll tell you what like made this uh, further enlightening to me is this Is man it was still hard to find anything at first base for the pirates like no. i i i i could i couldn't find anything that i really was okay with it's like it's just a never-ending black hole it's
2: not really out there jim i mean it's yeah. it's a unicorn
0: oh we we, we mentioned a few so. names Ty france uh- yeah Ryan Noda I thought was kind of a cheaper option that you know we didn't talk about the A's at all which I don't know how that happened
2: because all I want is Blackburn I, I guess the A's the reason that was I didn't one bring of my them
0: up, package deals was Blackburn and Noda for the reason Priester I didn't bring up the A's,
2: A's is because like the A's are the A's have to be to the point where they're done with their cycle now they just don't have anything left to give even Blackburn is crap you know like you'd take him because you just want like He's, he's a starter. He'll fit in your slot somewhere. But like, yeah. you don't get Blackburn and go like, yeah, playoffs. Here we go. No, Blackburn's no, a filler. Absolutely. And uh, that's what they're down to selling, though. I mean, this is a team that just signed as well to Vita to a major league contract.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: You know, well, like, they don't have anything left. And, and
1: They're I- they they are in, for what, two, three years now, just in this complete abyss yeah. of, of nothingness.
2: So, hey, that was the Black Friday special of the Pirates Fan Forum, and I think it was pretty fun, Jim and Jay. I think we had a good time doing all that. That Uh, Put us on blast. Tell us where we were stupid. Um, Tell us uh, your trade proposal that you've repeated on X a thousand times, and we should have seen, and we're stupid for missing. Do all that stuff and uh, make sure you check out the show next Friday again because I'm going to be in Boston so we have to do the show on Friday again and Jim and I will talk about what time we do that maybe we'll do a later night special for once or something like that we'll talk and sure. figure it out but uh, for this week that's all we got I'm going to toss it off to my buddy Ben and for me I'm going to say let's go Bucks and thank you Jay because it was awesome having you on for the good first time
1: good seeing you buddy good seeing yeah, you thanks, boys. have a good
0: holiday you too
3: let yeah, you, Bucks